Hey guys, how we doing? I am getting ready, so you're gonna be here while I add a little front curl to my hair, if you know you know, and uh, do my makeup. I'm having a podcast day today. I'm gonna try to get through eight if I can. I definitely want to get six done, um, and I'm feeling good about it. I feel optimistic about my energy, even though I sound like I just woke up. I did, but I also went to sleep at nine. My schedule's clear for the day so that I have the time for this. My bullet points are all written. I did that last week, so um, I'm in a good place. I tried to do at least four podcasts um, in a, in a bundle if I can. Uh, last year was definitely like the most disorganized I've been with my podcast in a long time where sometimes I was recording just one at a time. Um, but I did want a little bit more of a handle on knowing and responding to what everybody needed and wanted. And we just have a little bit of the, of, of that handle going into this year, as well as, a really strong content calendar. So for me, I feel confident going back to batching. Um, and why am I making myself look pretty is because we, um, the team over at Fast Forward, we use a specific software that makes it really easy to post the podcast and a YouTube video. And it's like, why not just do both? You know what I mean? Pick up that Google SEO and, uh, it also has a transcript there, so we download the transcript, run it through ChatGPT, ask it to turn into a blog post. Uh, I'll go in and, you know, kind of change the things that I don't really agree with, add some flair, add some personality, optimize it for SEO, and then boom, now we've got a YouTube. Uh, it also cuts social clips, so, you know, now we'll have a podcast, a YouTube, clips for YouTube shorts, clips for reels. TikTok if I want to use it there, but that's not how I want to use my TikTok, um, which is kind of something I want to talk about today. But I also want to tell you guys a story because every once in a while, this story really just hits me. And I want to preface this that I'm not a parent and I don't know how to parent from, I don't know, I'm no, I'm, I can, I can never speak to parental experience. All I know is like my three nephews and my niece. Um, and I mean, I was a nanny, so I guess I have like some caretaking experience, but they're not mine. It's totally different. Um, so the story is a bit about parenting. Um, but it's more through the lens of like what I liked and what I appreciate about my mom. So I don't want anyone to feel like I'm coming down on you or trying to tell you what to do or invoke shame or anything like that. I'm just trying to share. Um, I get really sensitive for my moms because, you know, giving a shit about your kids means you're a good parent, like period. Everybody makes mistakes. You're going to do fine. So I just wanted to make sure that you knew that. Anyway, uh, belaboring it. I, oh, 3.28. Um, Not the clock, the light timer, which is my number. I see it everywhere. It's very strange. So here's the story. A lot of times, a lot of times, that would be insane. Some, every once in a while, maybe five times in my life, people have asked me, do you think you can pinpoint a time in your life when 
that was like really formative for who you are. Um, and I do have that story. I've been asked that a few, a couple times and I don't think I really knew it at the beginning. Um, but I've been, you know, forced to think about it a little bit more and forced is also a bold word. No one's forcing me to think about it, but what's interesting is I kind of always come back to this one story. I must've been in maybe like third, second or third grade. Let's go third. I don't know how old you are in third grade. I don't know how, you, how old you are in third grade. Is that eight, nine? Um, but I was in third grade and I um, wanted to play the piano. Now, one thing to know about my family, we grew up in a very musical family. Everybody played instruments. Uh, we had what you could call a like recording studio or like a band room in our house. We had every instrument and multiples of them. Um, everyone in my family could do something. I mean, my poor mom, she's not very musical. So she was a phenomenal fan and giver of water. But uh, we grew up in a really musical family and um, there were always people at our house like jamming with my dad in the basement. And, uh, you know, we were always singing in church and we always had music on and or there's always dance parties and that kind of thing growing up. So anyway, I, um, where was I going with this story? Oh, right. I wanted to play the piano. Actually, what I wanted to do is play the drums. I still regret not pursuing the drums because one, I would fucking kill at it. And two, I think the drums is the coolest instrument on the planet. But, um, I wanted to play the piano. I think that it just felt like more accessible to me, less of a risk. I was already being bullied. I didn't need to do anything out of the norm. So I was like, I'm just going to choose the piano. I think we also had to. I don't know. So I chose the piano. I said, Mom, I want to play the piano. I think I was maybe too young to like, but I was younger than what they would have expected to put me in any sort of lessons. My apart, my house is on fire. Um, so, wow, this is a mess. I don't know why you guys are listening to this. Um, so, okay. All right. I'm cutting to the chase. So I wanted to play the piano and, and what you might assume what would happen is that somebody says, okay, like, let's find you a piano teacher. And my mom does do her due diligence and finds a piano teacher or a few options and weighs the financial pros and cons with my dad and, takes a look at scheduling and makes the decision. And then now I'm in piano classes. That would have been a super normal reaction, I think. And instead I said, Hey, I want to, um, I might've been younger than nine too. I remember being like, I'm way too young for this, but I was like, I want to play the piano. And instead what my mom did is she said, okay. And she went in the other room and I know that this is maybe aging me. She went in the other room and she grabbed the phone book because we were, we had phone books then and she tossed it down in front of me. Like, and if you know a phone book, that thing is thick. Okay. It's like thousands of teeny tiny, like new, such thin pages. It's heavy. So she throws this, uh, you know, phone book down and says, all right, find one. And I'm like, what? She was like, find one. 
And I was like, I don't know how to find a, a piano teacher. She says, yes, you do. You know how to find a piano teacher. Look up piano teachers. And keep in mind, if I'm pointing her, if I'm painting her out to sound rude or like she's um, dismissive of me at all, that was not it. It was very in a very intentional like um, lesson. She said, yes, you do. You are going to call piano teachers, ask them for their rate, ask them what days they're available, and you're going to tell them that you will let your parents know and um, call them back. And I was like, well, what if they hang up? And what if they, like, you know, don't want to talk to a kid? She's like, well, I'm right here. If they don't want to talk to a kid, I'll get on the phone. And I was like, okay. And I'm just like panicky shaking, right? And I'm eight or nine. I'm a, I'm a small human. And so I call the first person and I'm like, hello, my mom told me to call and ask how much piano lessons are and when you're free. And the guy was so sweet. He was like, you know, oh, that's so nice, you know, these are the days I'm free, and this is my rate, what's your name? I'm like, Ashley, and he's like, oh, well, hello, Ashley, it's so nice to meet you, like, this guy was so sweet, um, and so then I got off the phone, and I'm, like, shaking, like, I'm probably pale as a ghost, and I get off the phone, and I was, like, about to cry because I was so overwhelmed with emotion, just because it was such a, like a rush of like, that was so new and I felt so vulnerable and I did not expect my mom to make me do that on the spot, like in that exact moment. Um, and so I get off the phone and I just, I must've like looked up at my mom, like, don't make me do that again. <laughs> like so sad with like puppy dog eyes. And so my mom was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, you did so good. You should be so proud of yourself. And she was like, I'll call the rest with you. Uh, we could take turns. And so then my mom called one and then I called one and put my mom on the phone. And I just like, wasn't having it. I was trying and it was very overwhelming for me. Um, but it's funny because I feel like that is such a vulnerable um, and transformative moment for me because I, at a young age, was told to go do the hard thing and my mom was there, you know, like, it's okay. And I'll help you if things get, you know, uncomfortable. And she kind of pushed me in the deep end a little bit. Obviously, like, there's no life-saving, you know, concern there, or, like you may experience with actually being thrown into a deep end. Um, but I think it was such a cool lesson. And I think it helped my relationship with my mom where I trusted her because nothing happened, you know, like nobody was mean, nobody, even if they were like, she was looking at me the whole time. She was standing really close by where she could probably hear the conversation far enough away where I could do my thing. You know, she walked me through how to do it. And she was so confident for me that I was like, okay, like, I guess I can do it. You know, she didn't baby me at all. She didn't, my parents were never like that. Like they were very much like always talking to us like adults. Um, she didn't baby me at all. She was just like, go do it. You got, you're fine. Like, don't make it such a big deal. Even though for her, she probably was like, oh my God, I can't believe she's doing it. Wow. She's growing up. You know, like I would be a mess if she missed it up. 
my not son. Um, so I think that that was a really impactful moment for me, obviously. You know, I think that that was a moment where I realized, like, if my mom tells me I can do something, I probably can. And she has my back. And if anything ever goes wrong, like, my mom is right there. And it also gave me the confidence to, like, try new things. And it made it easier to do it the next time and the next time and the next time. And I'm really grateful for that moment. I've told her that multiple times. Like, I don't think you know that I, like, think about that all the time. And it was just really cool. And my mom would do this a lot. She would, She very much wanted us to live in, in an uncomfortable – She would, they were big exposure therapy people, and whether they know it or not, and I'm sure that they do. But they were big exposure therapy people and never in a situation that, like, they knew – they were always right. Like anytime that they put us in a situation that was going to be uncomfortable, they knew that it was going to be fine. I think they were doing it to make us uncomfortable so that we were always going big. For instance, my sister and I loved community theater, mainly because my dad was always participating. My dad has a really good singing voice. Um, You know, he was always getting like the lead in shows and stuff. And he was a theater guy and um, you know, a a handsome man. So he could always be cast as like a heartthrob or something, which is like, I don't know, a a fun role, I would think. But, um, so we were always doing, we were always like the kids in the show, you know, and like, sometimes that role didn't exist and they had to make it up. But there's this one, I have to find this picture of Jamie and I doing Brigadoon. We're so fucking cute in this picture. Like, I'm not even saying like, oh, Ashley is cute. I'm like, that is a cute picture of two kids in a show. I have to find this picture. I have to see if Jamie has it. But, um, so we were always doing like community theater shows and Jamie and I both have like fine voices. Like I wouldn't say we have good voices. I think that we can hold a note, but I wouldn't say that we're like, prodigies by any means and um so we we did fine you know we were kids we were you know I think we stopped maybe around like sixth or seventh grade um the bullies in my school definitely didn't love that I was in plays that's for sure that was character building but I liked it I had a good time and everybody was so nice and I like I said I loved music I loved musicals Um, I did not like being the center, like front and center. I liked being like a supporting actress behind the scenes, which is funny because like, that's kind of what I like doing in my business anyway. Um, so I remember anytime we had to try out because that was obviously part of the process is that there would be an audition for this community show. I think there were maybe two a year. We would have to try out, even though we're kids, even though we've always worked with, like, a very similar cast every year. I mean, that's not true. There were some people who were there every time, but there were some new people or new directors or whatever it was. And any time we went to audition, and keep keep in mind, sixth grade and below, okay, with, like, grown adults. So any time we went to audition, my mom was like, you are required to put down the lead. And we were like, we're not getting cast as the lead. Like, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, we're doing, like, whatever show we were doing. The only one I can remember is Brigadoon. But we're doing, like, this show where the other, the male lead is going to be a grown-ass man. 
So we can't put down that a fifth grader is going to be his romantic interest. And she was like, no, put down the lead. What's the worst that could happen? And I was like, I don't want to put down the lead. I don't even know if I want to be the lead. She was like, put down the lead. You can't get the lead if you don't ask for the lead. And you know what happened? I never got the lead. But I do think that was also pretty formative for me. And I think that, you know, the question about, like, what do you think is formative is sometimes one that's positioned in a way where it's like, is there anything that I can learn about you that, like, made you this way, this ambitious, this resilient? I mean, we're not going to go down a path of what's made me resilient, but... You know, can I figure out what has made you successful? And I do think part of it is the fact that my mom very much wanted us to know that rules didn't fucking matter and you won't get anything you don't ask for. And I'm so grateful for that because it did make me feel a bit um, bold, you know, and like allowed to be bold. And on top of that, you know, let's say I didn't get the lead, my mom wouldn't say anything where it was like, they don't know what they're missing. And, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. Or, you know, or yeah, I mean, you knew you weren't going to get it. But it's good to ask Like she what her response was, was, well, you got just the part that's perfect for you. I'm glad I'm glad you got this role, you're going to do a great job in this role, where the, the, the mission of what she said to us was more like, um, it wasn't like they don't know what they're talking about. And like, I would, I would think I would mistrust her if she had, because I would be like, they did know because we're children and we shouldn't be the lead. And if she had said something like, you know, next time you'll get it, then I think it would have instilled maybe like a really unhealthy, like it'll work out at some point. I just need to try harder. But instead it was like, wow, well, I'm glad it with what you got. What you have is great. What you have is beautiful. What you have is meant for you. Where it was almost like a gift that everything was happening the way that it was. And to be so excited about what was dealt to me. I'm just very grateful with it. Now, this is why I don't want it to be like parenting advice by any means is because like, it worked for me, the person. Do you know what I mean? Like the way that I am and the way that I digest things and the way and what I needed, it worked for me. So I don't want anyone to think I'm telling them what to do, but it's more just like an insight into who I am because I do believe in nature and nurture. And from a nurture perspective, I definitely come from a family that's like, you know, the not trying is more embarrassing than the failing. Like my parents don't give a fuck if I'm like, yeah, I I pitched to this client. I didn't get it. My mom would be like, cool. Isn't it amazing that you did that? You should be proud of yourself that you tried. That's amazing. If I would have moved to New York and then moved home four months later, you know, they never would have been like, why did you give up? And like, why didn't you stick with it? And why aren't you committed to it? Like, they would have easily just said, it wasn't for you. Now you know that. And now you get to go find what is for you. And that's beautiful. And that's amazing. And I think that a lot of times what I show up with online, and what I show up with in the doers, and what I show up with my clients is very much this idea that like, uh, you should be embarrassed by not trying, you should be embarrassed by not giving it something because nobody, nothing happens, you know, and I encourage you to find a safe place for if it doesn't happen, you know, and, and to not say anything that's like, I mean, maybe do you, but you know, for me, it was helpful that no one said, 
or that they weren't really loud about like fuck them they don't know what they're talking about they're the problem and on the flip side they also weren't like next time you'll get it it was very much just like well today is what matters how you feel right now matters and this moment matters um so find a support system that allows you to feel like you're allowed to take risks and I feel like that's why what I always look in the people that I care about in the circle that I'm in is do these people make me feel like I can take a risk and I'll be safe because it's such a good judge of friendship. It's such a good judge of support. Will I feel embarrassed if I take this risk and it doesn't pay off? Will I feel ashamed if I have to tell this person that I didn't get the job or whatever it is? Um, and so I think that having those, I don't know, I just wanted to tell you that story. So I hope I didn't waste your time, but I just thought it was interesting. And I thought about it this morning when I was getting out of bed, that, that phone book story. And I didn't know if I told you or not. So, all right, I have to finish getting ready. And then I'm going to record a ton of podcasts for you. Um, and I'll talk to you soon.